Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, November 6th. 2023. I'm Jay Eastkeats here in the Classic Factory. To my left, the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey yo. Hey yo. And over yonder, the man making the magic happen, super producer, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Fantastic cold open there to start the week, JD. <laughs> Thank you. That was a banger. Uh, love shout coffee. To, I love coffee and tea. Uh, yeah. Shout out to the stream team. For joining us live right now on YouTube, smash that like button, make sure you subscribe, comment away, and just a heads up, we are back on playback tonight at around 7.30pm Eastern when we'll go live. That link for our playback room is in the show notes, so click on that, join our room. Uh, But yeah, we'll be focusing on James Harden's Clippers debut in Madison Square Garden, but there are 12 games on total. So we'll be bouncing around quite a bit. Hopefully get some great endings, at least to those 7 o'clock starts. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how James plays. Let's see how James plays. He's the system. Um, system. Early starts tonight, though. We got one game. Denver, uh, New Orleans at Denver. Starts at 9 p.m. Everything else, 8 p.m. Eastern or earlier. Yes, going to get you into bed early here tonight. So join us on Playback. It's a lot of fun just hanging out watching these games. Okay, it's Monday here in the Classic Factory. We do our weekend winners and losers. We start with the winners. And I'll get us going here, TK. Interested to see see if you agree with me. Uh, Winner of the weekend? The start of the IST, baby. (laughs) The in-season tournament on Friday night got underway, seven games in total. And yeah, the courts were wild. Yes, they were. Some of them were absolutely insane. Uh, You know, looking like Boise State out there. (laughs) Or the uh, Red Wedding from Game of Thrones, depending on what court you're uh, watching. Just quickly, if you're choosing, because I feel like there were two two big camps out there. You saw a Seinfeld meme for both of them. Yeah. The blue courts or the red courts? Which do you prefer? I think I... Incredibly prefer the blue courts over the red courts. Well, I'm a red man myself. Okay, okay. Split the difference. They were wild. They're extreme. They were very extreme. (laughs) But, but, here's why it's a winner of the weekend. The games were entertaining. Yeah. The games were competitive. Um, This was a great start to these normal regular season games that we're calling these, obviously, IST games. They uh, mean a little bit more. Five of the seven games had fantastic finishes. Yes. Um, and just to go through them quickly, Miles Turner, huge block to help seal a Pacers win. Uh, Damian Lillard took over down the stretch as the Bucks got a W. Mikhail Bridges, late slam, sealed a two-point victory against your Bulls. Oof. The Blazers beat the Grizzlies in overtime. They came back late uh, and got it done in the extra frame. And then Steph Curry hit a game-winning layup uh, in the Dubs <laughs> Thunder game, which we'll we'll get to later, probably in the losers part of the weekend. Um, but yeah, good games. And if you saw some of the quotes after the games from a lot of the players, I don't know if they were given like a memo from Adam Silver <laughs> or something. But a lot of them were talking about like you know like they talked about the court and all that, but like how it did feel like there was a little more competitive juice to these games, at least on night one. The games were all close, and yeah, I don't know. I feel like there must have been a talking points memo because you got like Steph Curry walking in the arena, and be like, "It's not a normal Friday. It's an in-season tournament Friday, but we're calling it the IST." And I'm with you, Skeets. I'm a sicko too. <laughs> this was great. The full like it's what like a 45 minute clip on the NBA's YouTube page of all the fantastic finishes. Yep. I think most of them lived up to the hype with regards to being fantastic. Sometimes you'll see a wild finish slip in wild there and ending. Like, Ooh, that one's going to be weird. <laughs> and sometimes that is a weird and wild one. But yeah, there was a lot to like. And if you didn't know any better, if you were a casual NBA fan, you just turned on your TV Friday to watch, you could potentially think this is just a tournament. 
There's like no mention of the regular season. Yep. Everything is branded, obviously, with in-season tournament, like down in the Chirons, the lower thirds, you know, everything has a group A, B, or C yep. on it. Yep. It definitely felt like it was a tournament. And then you think back to like March Madness, they got weird courts, you know, they have a yep. court for every arena that they play in. I guess it's different since we're traveling to different arenas here. Uh, so yeah, I thought for, for one night, definitely a success. Yeah, if success for the NBA was delivering a slate of like close, you know, intense games. They got it here on mm-hmm. night one. Um, you had brought up this theory like with the courts that, you know, the sickos like us, the basketball fans are maybe like, okay, it's a little much, you know, but we're going to be watching anyway. But you thought this is for the casual, maybe somebody that sees it on in a bar or flipping through the channels, whatever, and go, what is that? Uh, I saw that firsthand. Uh, my sister-in-law was in town. She is not a basketball fan by any means, but of course, Friday night, all right, I'm going to get these games on. Let's see these courts in Let's action because we had seen photos. And they were, she was specifically, this is incredible. These are amazing looking. Wow, these are fun. That's right. And I'm like, what? You like these? She was in. I mean, I don't know if it's going to mean she's going to be tuning in next Friday for the in-season tournament games. I highly doubt it, but it caught her attention at least. So I guess mission accomplished there. Yeah, wood grain out, full paint in for 2023-24. Did you have a favorite from the seven we saw on Friday night? And then maybe least favorite. Um. Okay, so I said I actually like the red courts in general better than the blue courts, but I kind of think OKC's was my favorite okay. uh, with the light thunder blue kind of on the outside and then a dark navy stripe running down the middle. In general, I like it when that stripe in the middle is a darker color. I think it looks a little odd when that one's the the lighter color. Yep. The Bucks one was very weird to me. It looked like their cork got slimed down the middle. Right, right. (laughs) Slime green green. and cream. Though that was probably the tamest court, really, when you think about it. It looks the most like a basketball court, for sure, but... It really throws you off. Like, we're already trying to get used to Damian Lillard wearing a green uniform, and suddenly he's out there in Bucks blue. That's true. That was messed up, man. <laughs> that is true. It is wild to think about it. Like, this was, what, the fifth or sixth game of the season? And yeah. we already are into this in-season tournament. I saw some people wondering, like, if that was the right move by the NBA because, like, teams are still trying to figure things out so early in the year. Yeah, because of new pieces, new coaches, and all that. It's like, would it be, from a competitive standpoint, more intriguing to start this up later? I understand that thinking, but at the same time, we're like, oh, all these early games, like nobody cares <laughs> yeah. about. So, like, let's give them a little something, a little, little extra juice, uh, as we say. So, I don't know. I don't mind it. And you know, these are going to be Friday and Tuesday nights. These in-season tournament games and nights, tournament nights. Um, but not this coming Tuesday. No, it's election Tuesday. <laughs> That's right. So, so Fair enough. we're yeah. back to the crazy courts. Uh, yeah, this coming Friday. On Friday. Yeah. Yeah, and we've only seen what seven of them. So we got. Yeah. Another 23 to debut Jeez, in the next couple of weeks here. I can't wait. Uh, Skeets, I know they're not coming up later, but uh, you think Zach Levine, after getting the rebound on his missed free throw, you think he could have got the ball to DeRozan for a little jumper? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. He got it with like four seconds left. In those situations, I'm like, whatever happens, happens. You have no idea how much time is left when you're. it's like a last-second scramble That's like true. that, but it did feel like DeRozan would have had a wide-open 12-footer. Yeah. That's his shot, too. He he can hit from there. All right, so we're giving uh, the in-season tournament start, at least, a winner of the weekend. Uh, Let's get into some more specifics now. Either teams, players, who you got? Yeah, I got the Atlanta Hawks as a winner. I got called up at a pickup run last week, Skeets, for being unkind to the Hawks. But to be honest, they started 0-2, and I was thinking, "Uh uh-oh. Same old Hawks. Same old Hawks we got here. But now, four straight wins after they took down the Pelicans. In New Orleans on Saturday, this is a pretty dominant win for the Hawks, all things considered. They were down 10 early in the second half, went on a huge run in the third quarter, 30-10, to 10, took control of the game. Hawks got 19 offensive rebounds, turned it into 24 second-chance points. Basically, if New Orleans got a stop, it felt like the Hawks were grabbing the board. I think 14 of them were in the first half when they could not buy a bucket, yeah. just kept them in the game, and then when they finally caught their rhythm, they were on fire. Seven Hawks finished this one in double-digit skeets. 22-12 and 12 for Trey Young. He hit a floater from three, which was crazy to see. Great shot. 20 for DeJounte Murray, a potential Eastern Conference Player of the Week. We shall see. He's he was balling great. last week. Yeah. And then 17 for Capella, 17 for Okongwu, 12 for Bay, 10 for Bogdanovich, and 21 points, 11 rebounds, and 4 assists for our guy Jalen Big Johnson. Print the shirts! Undefeated since he moved into the starting lineup. They've won their three games since he's been starting for Sadiq Bay. He lets the Hawks play a little bit bigger, definitely a little bit faster. I yep. think he's shooting like 40% from three in the early days of the season. 
got to be on the MIP shortlist for Ooh, a week and a half wow, here. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. It's early, but I like it. Yeah. Um, what I love about the Hawks winning these games, well, two things. One, I'm starting to look a little smarter with my overpick for the Hawks. Indeed. Because you're Indeed. right. Rough, rough start uh, when it came to that, but they've got it going here. Uh, and, and the other part is these wins are not coming with Trey Young goes for 35 or 40. Trey Young hits eight threes. You said it. It's... It's this committee here. They have a lot of good players. A lot of guys. This is how they should win games. All these guys contributing, especially guys off the bench when they come in there. And so I like to see 22 and 12 from Trey and even DeJounte scoring more or Jalen Johnson, you know, around that 20 uh, point mark as well. That's good. That's a good sign for Quinn Snyder and the Hawks. And they've got, you know, some of these are quality wins here. That big comeback win against the Timberwolves yeah. uh, not too long ago. And then that Pels win. Yeah. Um, happy with the Hawks. Uh, good start here after, well, a brutal. 0-2 start. Thunder tonight on the road against the Magic on Thursday. Then they got the Heat on Saturday. That'll be a big game yeah. for them. The Heat have played the Hawks pretty well the past couple of seasons. All right, let's keep it going here because there's a lot of winners from the weekend. Uh, Jason Tatum is a winner of the weekend. He scored his 10,000th career point in the second quarter of Saturday's 124-114 to win over the Nets. Uh, in doing so, the 25-year-old... Wait, I thought he was 19. Uh, the 25-year-old became the youngest player in Celtics franchise history to score 10,000 points. That's pretty incredible. Previous record holder, Antoine Walker. <laughs> yeah, shimmy it up, baby. Still the leader in shimmies for the That's Celt- right. Celtics, I think. That's right. Uh, yeah, Antoine Walker was 26, got to 10K, but yeah, Tatum gets there a little earlier. He's also the 10th player in NBA history to reach 10,000 career points before his 26th birthday. The list is uh, pretty good. LeBron, Kobe, Durant, Mello, Tracy McGrady, Devin Booker's there, Bob McAdoo, Giannis, and Dwight Howard. So Tatum joining uh, that esteemed list for uh, 10,000 career points before turning the age of 26. And look, the Celtics are undefeated here still. Yeah, they're rolling. The only team left in the league without an L. Now, they've only beaten decent teams. They haven't played like the best of the best yet, but they've beaten the Knicks, the Heat, the Wizards, the Pacers, and the Nets. Again, good teams within that bunch, but none of the upper echelon teams. Tonight, though, they start a two-game road trip. Uh, they're in Minnesota. This is a fun one to watch. Uh, hopefully, we'll get a little bit on playback. Uh, number one offense in the Celtics versus the number one defense in the Wolves. That's good. And then on Wednesday, the Celtics go and play the Sixers in a you know a division rival, and the Sixers look great. I, I think we'll probably slip them in here uh, oh, when we yeah. get to winners too. So, you know, we'll see here now if the Celtics can keep this going. But my God, the offense led by Tatum is just. It's unreal. Like, their offensive rating is hilarious right now. Yeah, if you give Tatum a one-on-one shot, he's going to score uh, right now. And if you decide to double-team him, which was happening, he's just getting the ball out to Drew Holiday. And then Drew Holiday is an all-star point guard who has a chance to make a play four-on-three with three great shooters around him. Yeah. So the Celtics offense is looking right. Going to be awesome to see him going up against the Timberwolves tonight. A big team yeah. who can still probably be exploited like... Carl Anthony Towns is going to have to do a lot of chasing, uh, I True. believe, tonight uh, when we're watching. But, uh, yeah, great stuff for the Celtics. Not a surprise that they look this good offensively, but we've seen with the Bucks bringing in Dane Willard, they've had a slow start. The Suns we'll get to a little bit later. They've had a slow start. There was a lot of changes atop the roster for the Celtics this season. They swapped out 40% of their starting lineup, and it looks like they're completely fine with it uh, right now. Great write-up from Jared Weiss, too, on The Athletic. You can subscribe at theathletic.com slash nodunks. Talking about the evolution of Jason Tatum's game since he came into the NBA. He said when he came to the league, he thought, I wasn't even going to play for the Celtics. Because right. they had a lot of really good players then. Jalen Brown was coming off his rookie season. Gordon Hayward was around. Kyrie, obviously. Just a lot of names. Yeah. But he started as a 3 and D guy, got into the rotation, and then just been adding, adding, adding. I feel like he's using the muscles that he put on uh, a lot this season, which is important because, like, that dude is broad. Jason yeah. Tatum's got some wide shoulders. We don't necessarily need him shooting pull-up threes all the time. Get down there and mash some dudes in the post. It's working nice uh, for the Celtics. Celtics, 5-0 and here uh, through almost two weeks of action. Okay, who else you got for a winner? I got the Orlando Magic okay. as a winner. I haven't talked about them all that much. They've beaten... Basically bad teams until they ran into the Lakers on Saturday night and they smacked them. Huge game for Paolo Boncaro. 25 points, 7 boards, 10 assists. Franz Wagner went for 26, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists as well. The Magic kind of just big-boyed the Lakers. Mm -hmm. It was really weird to see. It was a layup line for Orlando. 60 60 points in the paint. They added 36 second-chance points off of 19 offensive rebounds and out-fast break the Lakers as well. 16-5. 
the Lakers haven't totally figured out their defense yet. Um, maybe this is a game that they overlook as well, though the Magic played them pretty pretty tough in L.A. when yeah, they met up. Yeah, it was like a three-point game. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. But uh, it didn't look like we got a full Lakers effort, maybe. But no doubt the Magic took advantage of it. Also interesting, first career start for Anthony Black, their rookie. 11 points, four rebounds, a couple assists, a couple of three-pointers, plus 32. <laughs> Saw Paolo Boncaro bigging up the plus-minus in the postgame. <laughs> plus 32 for my dog. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Uh, great stuff for the Magic. Huge win. The only bad news... Wendell Carter Jr., yeah. he's injured, broke his hand, needs surgery, but I'm about to say something that's never been said on a podcast before, Skeets. Here we go. It didn't matter on Saturday because Goga Bataze was balling. Wow. That's right. Ten points, ten boards, and five blocks for Bataze. And he dimed up Anthony Black for a dunk on a backdoor Brad Miller-style pass. I was loving it. Goga, my apologies. I wasn't familiar <laughs> with your game. Ten, ten, and five for big gogs. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, it is wild to see right now in the East when you look at the standings. Okay, Boston undefeated, five and zero. Oh. Okay, Philly four and one. Wow, Hawks like we said four and two. That's impressive. The Magic. The Magic, baby. Right there, slot them in. Uh, you know, tied for third with a four and two record. That's. That's great. Yeah. I hate this Wendell Carter Jr. news. That's he's going to miss like probably three weeks, right? Something like that. Yeah, three, yeah, yeah. Weeks three weeks. Yeah. Luckily, it's I think it's his left hand, so eh, you know I, he can at least work on the old flip of the <laughs> wrist in the, in the meantime. But a bad luck injury just kind of like ran into Kelly Olynyk Jr. when they were both going for a rebound and landed a bad way. So. Yeah. All right. The Magic get the a magic. winner of the weekend. Goga. Love it. Uh, I would like to give some love to Scotty Barnes. I'd like to play my homer card here, sir. Um, this guy. Yesterday, put the Raptors on his shoulders and, like, got them a victory. It was wild. He took over down the stretch in San Antonio. He finished the game with 30 points, 11 boards, 6 assists, 3 steals in 42 minutes, again, versus Wemby and the Spurs. He did everything in the fourth quarter, though. It was awesome to see. I mean, he was pushing the ball in transition, confidently shooting three-pointers. He hit five on Sunday. He's shooting 42% from deep. And every one he releases looks pure. Like, these are not rattling home. They are swishes. And with seven minutes left, you would have loved this big guy, Trey. Raps are trailing. I think it was Schroeder takes a shot. Somebody took a three. They miss. Scotty Barnes out-hustles the Spurs for the rebound. Just crashes hard, grabs it. And then instead of kicking it out, which you usually see on an offensive rebound, yep. that usually results in a good shot, he sees Sohan on him. He just backs his ass down, like a couple power dribbles. He's sort of waiting to see if like the help defense is going to come. It's not really coming, and he just dunks on him. Two-hand dunk. Like, just put him in the rim uh, and sort of like got the bench going and like, oh, yeah, there's something here. We can get back in this game because the, the Raptors were trailing by 22 in the first half. I mean, they looked horrible, and to turn it around, to get back into it, it was led by Scotty. OG chipped in as well. They got it done in overtime. Uh, he has just been unreal to start this season. And that was a, as crazy as it sounds, that was a big victory for the Raptors because if they had just gone on to like get waxed again in the second half, the record was, would have been garbage. Pascal Siakam had maybe his worst game as a Raptor. Like that I have seen, at least that first half was, Ooh, hit a big shot in overtime. Um, but it would have been the sky is falling, and like Scotty sort of saved them here at least a couple days with the way he played in that one and how he's played all season. His numbers are unreal. He's been their best player yeah. uh, so far, which is exactly w- what you want to see after the way last season went, after Fred Van Vliet and Nick Nurse left town. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows what happens with Siakam. With the way Scotty Barnes is playing, it might be time to just move on and completely build around Scotty Barnes. It's, but it's his team. It's it, completely it his team. It and... You know, Siakam, thank you for your service. Thank you for the championship yeah. and the All-NBA seasons. But, you know, maybe the time has come because Scotty's looking great. Over 50 from the field, over 40 from three, playmaking as well. He just looks so much more confident. Confident, that's exactly right. It's just crazy. Like, cheering for your basketball team, it really is. It's a roller coaster ride, isn't it? I mean, we just went from, like, a potentially embarrassing loss. Like, if you watch the highlights of the Raptors in the first half, it is so bad. Like, I think they had 35 points, a million turnovers. And then it turns into one of the most entertaining comebacks, you know, in recent Raptors history. Again, led by, like, their new star player in Scotty, who... Yeah, has all the confidence in the world right now. I mean, that guy might be the leader for the most improved. Yeah, he's in the he's in the <laughs> the rookie of the year to garbage to most improved. <laughs> Why not? He's just an award sicko. He's Didn't like, John Morant do it? Do. John Morant? Yeah, I guess you're right. Sort of. I don't know. Was it year three for Ja? I, I don't remember. So. Wow. Yeah, I guess he's maybe on that trajectory. But uh, 
you know, uh, here in your Scotty Barnes case, it explains why you were watching this game while we were at dinner last night. I uh, know I got yelled at. Yeah, I heard. Got yelled at by my wife. I mean, I don't like to. I don't like to be the guy to have the phone out. Uh-huh. You know, on the table watching the game, but. I watched the first half, then I was meeting you guys for dinner, and I'm thinking, well, okay, I'm not going to miss anything. Sure. So I keep doing the check-in on the phone. Whoa, okay, it's getting a little cold. It was still a 15-point deficit at the start of the fourth quarter. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't looking great for the Raptors' chances, and then as it gets closer and closer, I'm like, okay, i got to get the league pass on. <laughs> but I got it yelling at, you know... I was like, come on, working here. <laughs> this man said, it's work. I did say that. <laughs> and they got it done. It's all Scotty Barnes, man. I mean, I had to get in the A block. It I, paid off. I think uh, at some point this week that we may want to like do a deep dive on the uh, the idea of trading Pascal Siakam. Who could use him? Who could what use a deal him? would look yeah. like? Should the Raptors do it? Is us? Is that us overreacting or not? I think that's a topic for later this week. Sounds good to me. Uh, any other weekend winners? Yeah, there was a Bucks fan who had a half court shot, won ten thousand dollars, just ran off the court. Damn, <laughs> that's a pretty good reaction. I, I, I did not see this. Yeah, I mean, uh, a low payout. For being honest, 10K. Well, better than a TV. Better, better than a TV. You can buy several TVs for 10 Gs. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was a great celebration. Just ran through the tunnel. See oh, you later, guys. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, another one, I would give Dylan Brooks a winner of the weekend. Uh, the Rockets got their first dub. Uh, oh, wait. Was that their second win? That was their yeah. second win. Yeah, they yeah. won They won last week. But 26 points, uh, nine rebounds for Dylan Brooks. He was blowing kisses. To the King's bench. Yeah. That's another guy to put on your MIP shortlist early in the season. Wow, really? I yeah. mean, he's on fire. That's from my three. top three candidates right now: <laughs> Dylan Brooks, Jalen Johnson, and Scotty Barnes. <laughs> Scotty Barnes. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I got a few other weekend winners. Some honorable mentions: uh, the Wolves. They only played one game over the weekend, but they spanked the Jazz, one twenty-three to ninety-five. Um, you know, we we talked about it when we said Boston's going to play them tonight, but they have the number one ranked defense in the league by a significant margin. The Timberwolves do. They've held opponents under 100 points in four of their five games this season, so that is uh, that's sort of what we were expecting last season uh, with you know Gobert and, and that crew there. But they got it going here, so a little love to them. Uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. and the Sixers on Saturday, the Sixers picked up their fourth straight win after uh, losing to the Bucks in the season opener. They pulled away in the fourth quarter, beat the Suns in a matinee game there. Kelly Oubre Jr. 25 points, 10 of 18 shooting, and they have four guys. Scoring over 20 points per game. It's the, it's the first team in NBA history to have four players average 20 points plus per game over the team's first five games of the season. Embiid, 29.4. Maxi 26.2. Kelly Oubre Jr., 21. And then Tobias Harris at exactly 20. It's incredible. I'm thinking I'm going to be taking an L on that under I had for the Philadelphia 76ers. I think it was 48 and a half. Um, I mean, even if Embiid misses time at some point, they got enough scoring yeah. right now to to win some games, even if he happens to miss time, which he hasn't yet. And they could easily be five and zero. Like they had, they had the Bucks beat until Dame went crazy in yep. the fourth quarter. So yeah, uh, incredible start for the Sixers. And then finally, uh, Pistons rookie Asar Thompson. With a wild line there on Sunday. It came in a loss, but listen to this. For the Rook, 14 points, 9 boards, 4 assists, 4 steals, and 4 blocks. Flirting with the 5x5, five five, which we love here on No Dunks. Quite and we funny. actually had a debate going <laughs> at this very same dinner where I got yelled at for watching the Raptors game on play, on League Pass. Um, is that closer to achieving a 5x5? 14-9, 4-4, five five, four, four, and 4 that Thompson had as a rook again, really impressive. Uh, is that closer to the five by five or is going hitting four categories, let's say whatever you want to call them, like 12, 11, 10 has five steals and then only has two blocks. Mm -hmm. So point is you still need (laughs) three, three things in the box score to get to the five by five. One of them is a category that you need three blocks. just as a hypothetical. And then Thompson needs one from assist steal and block. And we were debating which one is closer, which one is actually uh, closer to the 5x5. Five five. I think it's a fun debate, to be honest. You were on the – well, you go ahead. Which side are you on? Yeah, I'm a simpleton, Skeets. So for me, when I see four categories that have at least five, that's closer to me. But maybe that's a child's thinking. <laughs> I think it is. You know how no matter what they're going to think, the taller glass is the one that has more volume in it? That's me. I'm like, oh, that one's bigger. So I don't know. I mean, it's three discrete events that still need to happen. Three steals is really tough to get. One steal, one block? 
That's only two possessions and an assist. That's easy. An assist. Is Come on, give yeah. them out. Assist, exactly. So that's... maybe it is the fourteen nine four four four. I think it is. Yeah, but uh, before you learn object permanence, it's got to be the five 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 two. All right, that's a. Uh, I don't even know how we would word that in a poll. Impossible. So I'm not sure we try. Type out. But let us know in the stream team. Podcast listeners, tweet at us at No Dunks Inc. Uh, which one is actually closer? Just when you need the one category, but you need three, let's say blocks. Uh, or what Thompson did, just needing one assist, one steal, and one block. He was he was awesome. I mean, he he's watched the defensive highlights. They're really he's fun. Good, man. Guys all over the place. Yep. And Monty Williams recognizes as such and like is giving this guy a lot of minutes. Yes. He played 38 minutes in that game and all you know, well deserved. So there's our NBA weekend winners. We're gonna take a break. Uh, but when we come back, NBA weekend losers. Don't go anywhere. All right, NBA weekend losers. <laughs> it's always more difficult to find the losers than it is the winners. Is that us just being positive Pete's? Maybe so, but I feel like there weren't a lot of notable losers this weekend. This weekend. Yeah, nobody, right. nobody was a total disaster. For instance, my loser here, the Phoenix Suns, it could have been way worse. Yeah. They lost three straight games after losing uh, to the 76ers on Saturday, but they avoided crisis mode by beating Detroit yesterday. 41 points uh, from Kevin... Durant, still, though, not an ideal start, and they're really getting their loser here because their stars aren't playing. Kevin Durant's played every minute so far this season, every single game, yeah. uh, which is good and bad, perhaps, you know, considering <laughs> he's the one who has the longest injury history behind him. But Bradley Beal has yet to take the court for the Suns in the regular season. He's been out every single game with back spasms, and Devin Booker has only played twice. He played on opening night, sprained his ankle, then came back perhaps a little early, played Thursday against the Spurs, and after that game, he missed both games this weekend due to a calf strain. The team originally said it was because there was a quick turnaround from their Thursday night game and their Saturday afternoon game with Philadelphia. I think they played at like 1 o'clock Eastern or something like that, so they said only 36 hours, but they had him down on the injury report as an ankle injury, and then suddenly it turned out to be a calf strain. They said maybe he'll play on uh, their next game Sunday against the Pistons, but that didn't happen. So now... Devin Booker has missed games with a toe injury, a foot injury, an ankle injury, and a calf injury. The first three on his left leg, the other one on his right leg. Jeez. He's missed five games this season. If you miss 17 games, if you miss 18 games, I suppose, you're out of the running for For awards awards. at the end of the season. And these are all injuries, ankles and calves specifically, that if you don't rest them for a long time, they can reoccur. So that could definitely happen. But depth was always going to be a question mark for the Suns. But I don't think anybody was thinking that we would be asking these questions the first month of the season. No. That's generally one of the healthiest times for an NBA team. Uh, but yeah, luckily they won on Sunday. They would have been a big-time loser, I think, today if yep. they had gone 0-2 over the weekend and had a four-game losing streak. So crisis averted, but just isn't looking great for Phoenix right now. They're not clicking the way a team like Boston is. Yeah, it's like, but they get the incomplete sort of grade here Mm -hmm. because, yeah, the three guys haven't played. But a good point, like, if we had lined up their three stars, obviously after they acquired Beal in the offseason, and you go, okay, of these three guys, which one's the most likely to miss time? We probably all go Durant yeah, because of his injury history. And instead, it's not him, and he's sort of carrying them to a, you know, a, a close to a 500 record. They're a little under right now. Uh, and it's, yeah, no Beal with back spasm. You never want to hear back. I never want to see back as mm-hmm. the injury for an NBA player because, man, that can, that can linger. It can flare up it can, so you can be okay. Then you're suddenly back out again. It's got to be painful. And then, yeah, Booker uh, with all of these injuries whether they're connected or not it's you start to think they are a little bit that yeah did he come back a little too soon and that then triggered this it can happen yep there's there's no doubt but yeah not not a great not a great start and my uh my over for them 51 and a half oh geez i mean i i was assuming that it would at least have two of their three guys always sure. playing and they can't even get that right now but yeah katie's just like trying to like just keep him afloat here keep him like around 500 and then maybe these guys come back he's all they got right now yeah. uh, and you know he's able to put the team on his back at this stage in his career which is pretty impressive still but he's not getting much help especially from a guy like yusuf nurkic who's shooting 37 percent yeah through the first seven games this season nurkic lost a lot of athleticism after he broke his leg that was like what 2019 or something like that but uh it's a problem, him finishing inside. He's got to hit 
more so from the perimeter or just get a huge head of steam without anybody in the way because if he's got to make some sort of an adjustment, that ball is going off the rim. Yeah, even on Sunday, they sort of went away from Nurk. He didn't play a whole lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he was in foul trouble. No, I'm looking at the box score. Uh, only played 27 minutes. Uh, so, yeah, Vogel went to a couple other guys off the bench to uh, help them get that victory. I mean, yeah, you're right. If they had lost that... Ooh, that would have been very bad. But Durant with 41. Eric Gordon was good in that game, 21. He hit three threes. And, uh, you know, Watanabe and Goodwin, they were, like, contributing off the bench. So took care of business in Detroit. Uh, All right, loser of the weekend. All of us trying to figure out the ending of the Warriors-Thunder game on Friday night with the IST there. Steph Curry hit a last-second layup to lift the Warriors over the Thunder, 141 to 139. But then, uh uh-oh, hold on. They're calling it off. We're looking at it. What's going on here? They're saying basket interference from Draymond Green. Because as Curry, like, sort of lofted an incredible shot. Like, I don't know, he was like eight feet away with the finger roll over Chet Holmgren. With .2 seconds remaining as it bounced in. We then see Draymond Green and Josh Giddy had appeared to touch the, the, the net and, excuse me, the rim and the net respectively. Those two guys, Green and Giddy. So the game winner initially waved off because of Draymond Green because of offensive goaltending. But then the call's overturned after they look at it because it showed that Giddy touched the net first, which would be defensive goaltending. But then we learned that that wasn't really the call at all. Crew chief Mitchell Irvin said after the game, quote, it was clear and conclusive evidence that Draymond does not touch the ball. Although Draymond does touch the rim, he does not touch the ball. Nor does him touching the rim cause the ball to take an unnatural bounce. Therefore, a basketball violation does not occur on the play. This did spark sort of mass confusion online oh, yeah. and with basketball fans. Because, you know, you have to go into the rule book, rule book to really look at it. But we, we have always sort of been under the assumption, correct me if I'm wrong, that players can't touch the rim at all. Can't touch the rim or the net at all. Yep. Because then that's, uh, you know, an offense or a defensive sort of interference or goaltending or whatever. But that's not really the rule. Like, when you start looking at it, it doesn't seem like that's the actual rule within the NBA rulebook. You know, there are quotes like, a player shall not touch the ball or the basket ring when the ball is sitting on or rolling on the ring. Well, the ball wasn't doing that. It was off Curry's shot. Yeah, yeah, it was dropping through. A player shall, shall not vibrate the rim, net, or backboard as to cause okay. the ball to make an unnatural bounce. Now that one, I guess you could try and convince yourself, oh no, they they vibrated it. <laughs> Either one of them, but they vibrated the, the rim. ref said not enough or didn't. And then a player shall not touch the rim net or ball while the ball is in the net. Of course, the ball was not yet in the net. So yeah, this was just a very weird ending. And even after the ending, people were like, well, what was the call or what was overturned? Did they negate it because Giddy touched it first and then Draymond touched it? Did it actually not have anything to do with it? Because within the rule book, if it didn't change the shot, then it doesn't really matter. Just fascinating stuff here for the sickos. Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> at one point Draymond was even credited with the basket. Well, yeah, for that a second, made, right? Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> right. How's that possible? Because of the giddy inter- interference. Yeah. And then he would have been closest, but I think that was not yeah, I think that wasn't true. It now it's down in the in the record books as a Steph Curry game winner. Right. Perhaps the most anticlimactic game winner we've ever seen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was like twenty minutes yeah. uh, for them to actually figure this out. But uh has this never happened before that there was such a gentle touch on the rim that's that it didn't I, come up? That's what I don't get. I, yeah, because I thought if you touched it at all, they were calling that thing off. But yeah. I'll say, apparently... If they the got, ball is above the cylinder. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be on the yeah, rim. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we always thought, yeah. Um, But, yeah, apparently the right call, as written, and it felt like the right call as well. Like, it did, it yeah, did feel agree. like neither Giddy or Draymond affected the shot no, going in no. at all. So play on. Unfortunately, it wasn't actually a play on, you know. It probably would have been 30 years ago before instant replay. Yeah. Um, but Or I guess they would have called it off and they wouldn't have gotten it back because they did call basket interference, right? That's true. But, um, this is the way it should be. Not that you should be able to touch the rim. You should be able to touch the rim FIBA style. But <laughs> yes. at least if the shot's going in, let's enjoy a made shot rather than ref mode. Yeah, really, really strange. But I'm with you. I think in the end, the correct result, it was just really yep. perplexing. I don't think they did that great a job of... Um, explaining it, nor like I just went through. I don't think even us sort of, hold on, that's not the rule? I thought as soon as you touched it, it was, you know, interference, but I guess not. And I'm okay with it if you don't change the shot. 
Now, you do get into the problem where it's, like, subjective. It's like, well, how much? Oh, that rim was vibrating. Yeah, exactly. we got to put some, uh, yeah, I don't know, some sort of thing on the rim yeah. to see how much it's vibrating. Like a seismometer? Yeah, that's that right. What that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. yeah, what they use for earthquakes. <laughs> yeah. But not enough, not a lot, and uh, what a shot from Curry. Okay, so let, let us know whether you agree or disagree that that was a loser of the weekend. <laughs> Pretty high-scoring game there, though, huh? Yeah, 141-139. Buckets were had. Yeah, buckets were had. Uh, What do you got for another loser? Loser of the weekend goes to whoever painted the Denver Nuggets court. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen this before. The Nuggets had a misplaced three-point line ahead of their matchup with the Dallas Mavericks. This is the Nuggets 5280IST court, which had its three-point line painted, what, it looks about a foot too far? Yeah. Yeah, From the hoop? Close to a foot. Apparently, Grant Williams noticed this in shoot-around. Of course, he was willing to tell somebody about it. <laughs> <laughs> the perfect guy to find it. Uh, they repainted this line in time for the game, but as you can see, still some remnants uh, yeah. of the line. Uh, the two teams, though. Apparently, were fine with the repainted line. Combined to shoot seventy or 30 for 72 from three. Combined 41.6% uh, from outside. But, yeah, this is uh, weird that they botched the painting. Of the court. Yeah. Because the first thing I thought was, I read that Zach Lowe article, and there was a lot of talk about how fast they got these things done. Oh, yeah. Well, Maybe there was even too ba- fast. buried within that article, there was something like two of the teams had yet to do their courts. <laughs> yeah. Remember that? It was yeah, something exactly. like that. Two or three teams were like right up against it. Was this one of the courts? Yeah. yeah. So I'm imagining we've had a lot of double checking going on mm, over the yeah. weekend. Uh, because like we'd said earlier, we still got another 20-something courts uh, to see and see how far their lines are. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I thought of was, remember Denver had like massive rim problems last year when they had to, oh, yeah. took like 45 minutes to fix their slightly tilted rims. What's going on in Ball Arena? <laughs> oh, wow. it's, that, it's that mile high uh, altitude. I yeah, don't know. I get Bob Vila here. Yeah, that was um, measure twice, paint I, once. I do love like like these guys, these athletes, these NBA players. Like they're so in tune with everything. Like yeah. Grant Williams can step out there and probably take three shots and go. No, something's wrong. This is too far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, it, but it was funny because like I saw the comments. He's like, "Well, I don't know. Maybe it's like the weird color of the court." Yeah. Now, the sight lines now, because of, like, he was, like, trying to figure out, like, what's going on here? It doesn't feel right until they, I guess, measured and, like, oh, yeah, it's a foot too long. Yeah. Good call, man. Thanks for catching that. (laughs) That's why I'm, like, it probably hasn't happened at any other of the arenas that have at least had their courts out because somebody would notice. Somebody always notices if it's, like, a the rim is off a quarter of a centimeter. They know uh, right away. But I did see um, Tyrese Halliburton was complaining that he thought the Pacers court was slipperier than a oh, standard court. because of the paint. Yeah. Also, that, does paint dry that fast? I don't know. Paint and lacquer? <laughs> I don't know. I heard the coaches were worrying that uh, <laughs> there was going to be blue footprints all yeah, over I the court. That's pretty that. funny, which would have been awesome. I was immediately reminded uh, with this Nuggets misplaced three-point line of the um, – was it a Snickers commercial where the guy paints chefs in the Kansas City Chiefs? <laughs> Great googly moogly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that commercial. Very Classic. Fu- forgets the eye. It's the Kansas City chefs. Uh, but they got it fixed. And like you said, it didn't have an yeah, effect on them. It didn't matter. Maybe they moved it closer. They're like, we'll give them, we'll give them a few more inches. Oh, That's why they shot wow. so well. Wow, wow, wow. I hadn't thought about that. All right. Uh, and final one here. Uh, loser of the weekend. Uh, this one is unfortunate, but I'm giving it to the New Orleans Pelicans because this team, man, they can't catch a break. Um, on Sunday, the Pelicans announced that guard CJ McCollum has been diagnosed with a small collapsed lung. Wow, we were showing you right away that uh, McCollum taking it in stride, in good spirits, commenting on the <laughs> choice of photo for some Twitter aggregation. <laughs> That's an insane pick to post, me grabbing my chest there because, yeah, small collapsed lung. Um, he will undergo additional examination in the next 48 hours here to determine the the progress of healing this is the second time in McCollum's NBA career that he has suffered this uh, collapsed lung Hmm. happened in 2021 when he was part of the Blazers he missed 17 games over five or six weeks there due to the same injury but man like I, I say the Pelicans as a loser here because it's like they can't they can't get their three guys all playing at the same time Zion Brandon Ingram and McCollum and CJ was having a great year Basically 22 points per game, five boards, six assists, 44% shooting from the floor, 38% from deep. And now, I mean, I hope it's a quick recovery. I don't think it's I, I don't think it's super, super severe, even though it sounds like one of those crazy things like small collapse. Like, oh my god. But he should be able to come back. 
but how long will it take? Uh, it just sucks for the Pels. Yeah, it sucks for the Pels, and they're going to start having some serious math problems here because I saw Will Guillory at The Athletic mentioned that with CJ going out with his collapsed lung, the Pelicans are now going to be missing their top five players in three-pointers made from last season. McCollum's out, Trey Murphy's out, Jose Alvarado, Najee Marshall, and then Devontae Graham has uh, left the team yeah. since. So it's going to be a lot of twos. You know, Brandon Ingram lives in the mid-range. Zion yep. lives at the rim. Valanchunas is a post-up guy. That's a tough way to play uh, in the NBA these days, just because the other teams are probably going to make 15 threes. And it's quite likely New Orleans doesn't get there. You also wonder who's playing point guard for this team. Yeah. CJ was kind of handling the ball the most for him. Otherwise, it's like Dyson Daniels, who's an unproven guy. Kyra Lewis Jr., also unproven. Yep. Maybe Point Zion is what we're going to be seeing here for a little bit. Yeah, the Pelicans rank 24th in the league in three-pointers made per game, 23rd in percentage. That's with CJ playing. Um, so, yeah, now you take him out. That's a lot of three-point attempts gone, makes. Obviously, percentage probably dips. They're sort of lucky. Matt Ryan's been a nice addition for them. Yeah. Like That's like that's by far their best shooter sort of in the lineup now with all of the injuries. But, uh, yeah, it sucks. And, again, nice to see McCollum in good spirits there uh, with that photo we showed you. <laughs> Was it Basketball Forever, I think, uh, with uh, him grabbing literally his chest? And he's like, what the hell, man? <laughs> Come on. There's like a million photos of me. You had to use that one. Just the headshot would be fine. Yeah, totally, totally. But in, in good spirits, it seems like. Uh, anyone else on the uh, short list? for losers of the weekend? Yeah, Julius Randle had a stinker on mm. Friday against the Bucks, 5 for 20. He's shooting 27% from the field uh, this season. And the Grizzlies, they did beat the Portland Trailblazers on Sunday to get their first win this season, but they also lost to them in the IST on Friday. <laughs> so they get docked as minor losers. They would have been major losers oh, if they came in 0-7. They needed that. Uh, yep. Desmond Bain was big. He's actually balling this year. I mean, he's putting up a lot of points. But, yeah, they finally got their first W. So everybody in the league has at least one win uh, and the only team undefeated, as we said off the top, yep. uh, Boston Celtics. All right, let's hear from you guys. Who do we miss when it comes to winners and losers of the NBA weekend? Let us know there in the stream team. Tweet at us at NoDunksInc or let them, uh, or at least uh, tweet. <laughs> what am I trying to say? Comment there under our YouTube vid. Okay, one more break. When we come back, TK with a very interesting tweet of the night. Don't go anywhere. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I got to cut out a bit. I got to switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation? Perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. 
This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right. Here in the Classic Factory, I asked for some more uh, winners and losers of the weekend. Stream team coming through with uh, some losers. Uh, Leo, the number one hater, the IST is bad. So that's a loser of the weekend, yeah. says Leo. Yep. Uh, Zach Zarba gets a loser of the weekend nod. The official. <laughs> Why? Just for being Zach Zarba. Was he the official for the, the, I, I, the rim-touching game? I believe so, Yes. I'm trying to picture who was talking to yeah, me. Yeah, I'm trying to uh, picture it as well. my soul. I think it was Zach. Uh, the Bulls suck, says Steven. My dad? No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> no, no, different Steven. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they – look, we just talked about the Pelicans math problem. The Bulls have a big-time math sure, problem. Sure, sure. They lost that game in the clutch against the Nets, but – they lost it because the Nets made so many more threes, and then they lost to the Nuggets because of the Nuggets. Oh, Sean, that uh, Zach was maybe for the Pascal Siakam foul at the end of the ah, uh, okay, the Spurs okay, game. Zarb dog trying to keep track of where Zarba is. Uh, and uh, who else we got? <laughs> Doesn't look Zarba? good for uh, Time Lord. He might have another e- knee injury here. Um, that's not fun. And well, there was one more. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is off to a very slow start. Yeah, yeah, he has not had a great start to the season, and. Disappointing performance from the Warriors for the first time, I, I think, against the Cavs, Cavs yesterday. Yeah, yeah. That's Cavs good. look like big boys. Yeah, it's a good point. Yep. All right, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm, tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Oh, Tweet of the Night. More court talk. You thought if we had enough court talk? I don't think so, Skeets. This one comes to us from at Ira Heatbeat. That's Ira Winderman, uh, who tweeted a picture of the lane of the Heat's new culture court that they're going to be debuting, I do believe, tonight. Okay. It uh, matches their Heat culture city edition jerseys that they're wearing. Yep. And if you're not joining us right now on YouTube, basically, they got a black lane there in Miami and written in red, hardest working, best conditioned, most professional, unselfish, unselfish, toughest, meanest, nastiest team in the NBA. Shout out to our guy, Alex Wong. This is the live, laugh, love of courts. <laughs> Literally word art in the middle of the lane. Yeah. Uh, I ain't reading all that. <laughs> I'm happy for you, though. <laughs> or sorry that happened. Sorry that happened. Not sure. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. Yeah. Um, can't say I like it. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, I saw other people comparing it to... Uh, it was a while ago now, but remember somebody showed up to an NBA game with, like, the most words ever on a sign? I think it was about <laughs> LeBron, like, being a crybaby yeah, or something yeah, like I that. Do it had, like, that. literally totally 10,000 words on this thing. Um, so similar to that, but, yeah, they are. Hey, look, they ran with the heat culture, didn't they? I guess. Yeah, their jerseys are the TLDR. <laughs> the yes, culture. yes. But do you want the full definition? Check the floorboards. Yeah. Um, people also joking that the uh, Thunder should do the same, but with all of their first-round draft picks. <laughs> Just list them all. They're in the paint. I saw that going around Twitter. So people are having fun with this. Uh, and people are like, where did this come from? Like, is this a, like, is this an actual quote? Yep. Like, do they, is, you know, what, and, and what, what have you found out? Uh, we went deep into the archives. We searched for this quote in many different forms. We found it in a Heat Culture fan video that we filmed outside of uh, the Kaseya Center last yeah. year. Uh, we thought, wow, did we create this court? No, we didn't. Because <laughs> then we also found a clip of Keith Askins saying basically this exact court, uh, talking about the Miami Heat. Oh, wait, it wasn't Keith Askins nope. either? Turns out it was Pat Riley talking about the 1990s New York Knicks. This okay. is a mantra for Pat Riley. He's taking it with him everywhere. Right. Uh, and so now this was about the Knicks, it but it's, yes. of course, about the heat now. Yes. And now it's in the paint. Yeah. All right. Now it's in the paint. Yeah. You think we'll see, um, like, a shot of somebody at the free throw line looking down and reading it? <laughs> you know, like, you always see guys looking up at the scoreboard, up at the jumbo trying to see the call. Somebody's going to be curious. Yeah. Oh, what is that? Well, hey, wait a second. That's us. Uh, yeah. JD, can you throw it back up? Because uh, I want to see, first off, uh, if we get a charge just outside the circle. Like, they're going to be like, no, no, I was on Nastiest. I had my feet on the IE. <laughs> and uh, we were just, you know, in Losers of the Weekend talking about the the poor guy that, you know, incorrectly painted the three-point line for Denver. Imagine the pressure painting this. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I would, like, go over every word, like, a hundred times. Yeah. And then you look at the word so many times, you're like, 
is that how you spell professional? Like, you know where you start doing that? Where you're like, I've spelled it a million times correctly in my life, but now, because I'm putting it, you know, to paint in the in the paint. Yeah. Um, is it one F? Is it two F? Oh, boy. And, like, you're triple, quadruple checking. But I, I, I don't see any spelling mistakes. No, I think they nailed it. Yeah. Okay. Looks grammatically correct as well. Man, so much court talk. It's, yeah. It's, it's wild. He got a lot of courts because they had they had a red one over the weekend. Yeah, that was yeah, yeah exactly. They got a gray middle, maybe something like that. <laughs> I got it all, man, and all the words in the world. All right, I'm glad we got that in. Are you all the words? Are in you the a world. fan of that? And uh, I mean, that's a whole segment right there. Come up with other mottos, I guess, mantras that other teams could put in. Yeah. to their paint. What's in your paint? <laughs> Capital One. What's in your paint? Brought to you by. Oh, what about um, Sherwin Williams? That's it. That's okay. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Nice. Is there a Benjamin? Benjamin, Benjamin Moore, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good guy. Bear? Bear paints? Bear paints. <laughs> There's a lot of, wow, we know a lot about paints here. Oh, you do. I don't. I only know Sherwin-Williams. <laughs> oh, that's a classic. That's yeah, Sherwin-Williams got a sick logo. I'd like to see that one. Paint covering the earth? Oh, yeah. That's that a cool is, logo. That is a cool yeah. logo. Hopefully they still have it. All right, let's call it there. Uh, make sure you check out the brand new episode of Is This Good? Matty O and JD talking to Maggie Sirota of Spin. Uh, they talked about a lot of things. Not that court, I don't believe. Uh, they talked about poorly engineered pizza, singers forcing crowds to belt out the chorus, reading alone in a bar, a whole lot more on Is This Good? So go check that out, ITG, with its own podcast feed, its own YouTube feed. And then tonight, final reminder, join us at around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time on playback, James Harden's Clippers debut, I Am The System. And a bunch of other games. 12 games on on a Monday night. So we'll be bouncing around on playback. Clever bro. Sure, JD. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. JD wants to get the hell out of here, right? Eh? <laughs> You're really rushing through things today. I respect it. We got a lot of shows this week. Gotta keep it tight. Yeah, we'll try and keep it tight. Thanks for joining us. Uh, smash that like button. Leave your boys a five-star rating and review if you're a podcast listener. And uh, we will see you tonight, hopefully on Playback or here in the Classic Factory tomorrow. Final words? You hear a lot about yesterday and yesteryear, but never yesterweek or yestermonth. The Hawks were 0-2 yesterweek. <laughs> Sounds dumb. <laughs> There's a reason we yeah, don't hear about it. Yeah, it sounds really dumb. Yeah, yeah. Glad I got it in, though. <laughs> Embrace the day, people.